0: Yo, welcome to the Game Time Podcast, episode 17. If the title of the episode didn't give it away, we're going to be talking a little bit of Little Nemo today. Usually around this time, I give a quick little rundown of what goes on around here. But before we do that, I just got to say, today marks the one year anniversary of the podcast. We did it. I say we because I couldn't do this without you, the person listening to this right now. Huge high fives to everyone involved in making this thing work. With a ridiculous idea and $94 worth of equipment for a headset and a microphone, we managed to make something happen. Seriously, thank you so much. We'll be celebrating this coming weekend with a 22-hour stream over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash gametimepodcast, kicking off at noon Central Standard on Saturday. Should be fun. Feel free to come hang. Not making a game schedule or anything like that. That sounds like a fucking nightmare, but... I have a general idea of what's going to be going down. Now that that's out of the way, yes, Little Demo the Dream Master. The first game I can ever remember playing, and in my opinion, one of the most underrated NES games out there. The music slaps, interesting mechanics, keys, wands, lizards, gorillas. It's also tough. Really, really tough. Especially for newcomers, but it's definitely beatable with some patience. I had actually never seen the end of this game until about this time last year, and uh, I've been looking for somebody to cover it ever since. I really, really wanted to do this one. Now, If this is your first time stopping by, thank you so much. I'll give you a quick little rundown of what goes on around here. Basically, I'm just playing through games I want to play, never got to play, or never got to beat, and then talking about them with friends and or strangers. Today, we have another stranger turned friend, my man Tony. Tony ran his own show for some years. He's super knowledgeable, my go-to guy when I forget how to podcast, and always a pleasure to get to chat with. And on top of that, he actually reached out to me for the Little Nemo episode. Didn't even have to think twice about it. I'm super excited for this one, and just as excited it's coming out for the birthday of this little show. We're going to head to Mushroom Forest... Going to get that music queued up. And uh, yeah, I think that's got it. Thank you so much for one year. I hope you enjoyed the podcast.
1: scared the shit out of me okay wait what is is this a bot that records in discord it is a bot it is a bot indeed my friend this Um, is very interesting i'm gonna need to get this tech off of you
0: yeah i got you i got you it's actually really good i never wanted to record in discord um until i found this method and i like it uh i like it a lot more it gives you separate tracks so that's it's craig say hey to craig he's here
1: (laughs) what a craig so okay uh, I have been doing a lot of research over the past couple of days and I have a good bit of like, of like history for you once we get into it. So like, I'm, I mean, obviously I'm gonna let you do your thing and everything, but I was like, nah, man, I gotta, I gotta go down the whole rabbit hole with this thing. Like, like, let's fucking go.
0: I want all the history, all of it.
1: I, I got my coffee. I got my vape. I'm G, my guy. Whenever you want to hit it. Hell yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh, let, we're, we're going to get into this, uh, Tony, welcome back to the Game Time podcast, man. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh I'm all hopped up on caffeine now cuz I got up early and I was like, I need to make breakfast and get my notes together for this. And so I decided to make a extra large pot of coffee. Ooh. Um yeah, which I'm I'm a good ways through now. When I say pot of coffee, I I I went to the dark side and I, I'm a French press boy now. So oh, okay. I've been a uh, I've been trying to master the art of the French press, and I made a particularly good batch of coffee this morning. And so I was like, I wonder if I can do that again. So I'm <laughs> a, I'm now like two, like two carass deep at this point. Yeah, the brain is buzzing. I'm the opposite of Little Nemo uh, right now. <laughs> there, there's no, there's no sleep in Brooklyn. I'm just a. I'm just here ready to rock and roll.
0: Yeah, you are hyped. That French press will get you, man, every time. I, I used to do it. I don't do it anymore, but it'll get you. That's uh-huh. for sure. I, too, am pretty hyped up on coffee. Yeah, when we first were trying to figure out when when we were going to do this, you were like 8 o'clock, and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. So it's <laughs> 9 o'clock now. Um so sorry to keep you waiting. Oh, no, um, you're good, man. Yeah. No, I'm I'm sure. Well, yeah, you already know, but I just had uh, my wisdom teeth taken out last week and they are still bugging me so I'm a little bit late after I Yeah, you're a
1: you're, you're a trooper, started. dude. I when I got my wisdom teeth taken out, that was a solid like the the week after was me just being a like mopey mess. It was like the physical version of, you know, like man flu where I was just like, "Don't touch me. I don't want to do anything. My mouth hurts." Everyone was yeah. like, "Why are you such a sissy right now?" And I'm like, "Because my mouth hurts." Of course, dental pain <laughs> is like the worst thing ever. So,
0: yeah, it's pretty damn bad. I'm uh one week from yesterday, so I'm damn. I'm on the up, but it's it's definitely definitely still bothering me. But
1: yeah, I mean, like I said, you're made of tougher stuff than me, because like for me, dental pain, like if if it gets bad enough, it like it goes into like my ears, mm-hmm. and I just like. I, at that point, I'm like, no, just just kill me, just 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 put me down, please.
0: Yeah, yeah, it fucking worst. sucked. But but the good thing about it is, I mean, I was all hyped up on pain medication, but I had a whole week to play Little Nemo, the game we're gonna be talking about today, and I did play most of this on pain meds. So, I was gonna say, uh, and you was... beat it on pain meds, <laughs> so more power to you on that. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I said uh, before, I mean, we're we're gonna we're gonna get into into the backstories in just a second but you know i i started playing this and everybody everybody on stream was asking if i was gonna speed run it and i was like absolutely not (laughs) three days later i said a 34 minute (laughs) that's pretty good yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's the best that's the best it's gotten and i was i was on pain meds (laughs) when i did it so and i haven't been able to replicate it so (laughs) it's a tough game man um We'll we'll get, <laughs> we'll get into this. We'll get into this. What do you know about Nemo? How do you how do you know about this? The first thing I guess I'll ask is, how do you know about it, and why did you want to do it? Because I've been looking and looking for somebody to cover this. I beat this game about a year ago for the first time. Um, little backstory: it's the first video game I ever played, uh, wow. along alongside Mega Man. I don't know which one came first, but those are like the two carts that were always in and out of the NES back in probably like '99. Uh, when I was when I was playing these games, but I was surprised. Like I'm surprised when anybody even knows about this game, much less wants to sit down and talk about it. Kill an hour.
1: Yeah, that's and I definitely fall in that camp too. Whenever I like, I'll mention the game, or I'll uh, sometimes I find myself like humming like a tune from the game or whatever, and someone will be like, "Oh man, Little Nemo," and I'll be like, "Oh snap!" And you know, you have that moment of recognition with a total stranger. Yep. Or or sometimes the person you've known for a long time, but you've never had the Little Nemo conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um no, so I mean, coming from the generation of kids that grew up with like video stores and you know, like renting games instead of buying them all the time, which in retrospect now, if I if I took all the weekends, I went down to the video store and rented a game, my video game collection would probably be a lot bigger if I had just like waited and saved the money to buy them. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Right. Uh, um so there you know, we had a local video store in my hometown. And as a kid growing up, because of how close in proximity my family was to each other and everything, like my grandparents lived a block away from my mom. So I would go over to my grandparents' place all the time. And my grandparents' house is where all the video game systems were. So like my Nintendo was there, which the Nintendo was there for my earliest memory. I don't I could not honestly tell you when they got that Nintendo, but, but so, you know, weekends would roll around. I'd go over and hang out with my grandparents and my grandfather would take me down to the video store. And I, I, I must've rented a little Nemo, the Dream Master, probably like at least a couple dozen times just because I thought it was a fun game. And once I, you know, had played it enough to be comfortable with the game, you know, as, as you do after you play something for a while you're like oh I I know the tricks of this level and like I know how these mechanics work and everything (laughs) which you know as a kid you just figure like I'm just really good but in reality you're just like learning the systems um I realized that like I had probably rented that game so many times that like I just got really used to running it and running through it but as a kid I never beat it because I think I told you this on stream I don't know why but as far as my brain was concerned as a kid. The select button didn't exist on a controller. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Like even when a game would be like press start to begin, I'd be like a button. And you know, just cause I was just like, there's two buttons on this side and these are the ones that do all the action. Obviously these menus are dumb. Right. And so I didn't realize that when you got to, and not to, not to put the cart before the horse, no, you're you good. get to the later part of the game and you need to bust out the wand. I didn't realize you had to hit select to do that. So I would get to the penguin and I would just be throwing candy at him, and I'm like, <laughs> "Why isn't he dying? Like, what? Like, what? What? What do I do? I don't understand." And so I never actually fully beat the game until God, years later. I was probably I was like late teens when emulators were like really, really nascent and kind of broken in a lot of ways. Right. I didn't, I didn't have a Nintendo anymore, and then I I went through some means to you know play the game. And when I finally did, and I finally beat it and everything, I was like, "Oh snap!" that's what that's what he looks like on the nes because as we'll get into with the the history portion of this like i knew what the nightmare king looked like but Uh i never seen him in the game
0: (laughs) so yeah 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 no doubt same here i mean i you know i grew up playing this game religiously and i didn't ever really get far um i there's eight worlds in the in the whole game and i probably got i don't know if i beat the third world or not the third world's a terror or it can be, and yeah. uh, that's the train level. But we'll we'll get there. But I never, I don't think I ever really got past the third, maybe the fourth level. So up until like a year ago, same. I have never seen the end of it.
1: Well, the the funny thing is, like as a kid, I remember like just beating my head against the train level because the train level is hard. Like this is actually rated as a very hard game, yeah. which doesn't surprise me. But at the same time, I was like, man, like I I don't remember it being that hard. But I also remember like as a kid, you have you know infinite time to spend. And I was just beating my head against that level until I finally realized, like, oh, okay, at this point in the level, I have to stand here on the train, and then I gotta jump, and then I'm gonna hit this platform, I'm gonna grab the extra life, I'm gonna jump back down, and then I'm gonna go. So like you kind of figured out the order of it. Like it was like speed running before speed running. You were figuring right. out the strats for the level, you know? hmm But you don't realize that as a kid, again, when when you're a kid and you're you're doing well at a game, you're not thinking, oh, I'm figuring out the game. You're just like, Oh, I am so good. Like that's the, that's the whole thing. Like it all, you know, it's that, that self-centered adolescent point of view where you're like, I am the best video game player ever. And and, and in reality, it's like, no stupid, you've played this level 30 times today. Like you should have figured it out at this point.
0: Yeah, exactly. You can get good pretty quick, just replaying and, and knowing. So I'll backtrack for two seconds though. And, uh, kind of give a little like breakdown of what this game's even about um well first off Little Nemo is a movie it is a comic I'm gonna let you touch on that as well it's a comic strip it's it's a lot of things but I grew up only knowing it as a video game I didn't know about any of that shit until like a year ago when I started to look into it but the whole idea um from what I understand is Little Nemo doesn't have a very good home life that's, that's kind of what I understand it as, and the only time he really gets to go do anything and have fun is when he goes to sleep, so every dream is a level, and in these dreams, uh, you know, you're a little boy in pajamas, and you have candy, and you're in these weird worlds, and there's all these weird creatures, and you throw the candy at the animals. There's certain animals that you can throw the candy at, and then you can jump on or turn into the animal. And you need that animal to get through the level. So like some levels, there's a frog. Some levels, there's a bee. Some levels, there's like a gorilla. And it's very strategic, but it's not just platforming. The whole idea of the game is that you're in this dream, and the only way out of the dream is to find X amount of keys through the level. And you need these animals to get to the keys so it, it, it's it's a puzzle but the keys are always in the same spot if they were in random spots it would be a nightmare once yeah. you once you know where they're at you can you can kind of play it like a normal platformer because you just know the route but but the the thing about it that i think makes people that try this game want to stay away from it is the candy mechanic because nemo by himself is extremely fragile like yeah. You Super he has no attack, zero attack. Jumping on enemies doesn't do anything. You just avoid until you can get an animal. Um, yep. you can throw you can throw candy at the animals that will hurt you. Like there's like bees and wasps and like these little skull things that float around. And they, if you throw candy at them, then they'll pause for a second and you can get by them. But other than that, there's no defense. So the only time you can do anything. And is when you get an animal. And some of the animals don't even have defense mechanisms. So it's, uh, it's, it's a tough game. It's, the, it's not the easy. Thing that,
1: the thing that gets me is that sometimes the candy mechanic works against you. Because in, um, in the flower garden level, right, you have those, like, those flower snake things that come up and they run at you. Mm-hmm. So if you throw candy at them and they stop and then you try and jump over them, your jump isn't high enough or far enough to not take damage. But if they're still moving at you and you time it right, their momentum plus your momentum going the other way, you'll clear them. So like it can, it can work against you where you're like, oh, I'll stun him really quick. And it's like, well, crap, now he's in my way. Like he's in my jump arc or like in the case of the bees or whatever, like you hit them and they just like pause in midair. And then you're like, I got to make this gap. And then it, it kind of does the mega man thing where like when you hit you, you know, you get iframes, but you don't, like you lose your momentum. So you'll miss a jump and it, it, it can definitely work against you. I also always thought it was really dumb that the animals that you tame with the candy can hurt you until you tame them. So yeah. like if you run up on the frog or whatever, you're like, what's up dude. And like, you haven't given him candy yet. He's just gonna be like, back off kid. Whap. And you know, and he's like, could to cost some candy if you're going to wear this frog suit? It's like, ah, oh, come on dude. Like now I'm down a pip. I only have three. It can be pretty brutal. And It's funny that you can't like there are portions of the level that you cannot traverse without the like without one of the animals. Right. Right. And there are certain animals that are really cool. Like the mole, the mole suit is really cool how you can dig underground and stuff like that's pretty neat. As a kid, I was like, this is really cool. And then you realize there's only one level with the mole. The same with the crab. The crab is the same way. The crab's pretty cool. And the crab can attack the crab can attack and he can dig and stuff like that. There's only one level with the crab. I think the I think the animal that gets the most play in this game is either the lizard or the frog.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. It I I think it's one of those. You get the bee a little bit as well, but yeah. there's like there's probably like I don't know six or seven different animals. There's also the fish in a water level that you don't even have to use.
1: And I also like that you get the gorilla in one level. The gorilla basically acts like the lizard, but he's slower and he can punch. Like you're, it's essentially Donkey Kong.
0: Yeah, but it it can be super frustrating, too, though, because, like, you know, there's, like, there's levels where if you die... Okay, like like I said, you know, you have three bars of health the whole Mm -hmm. time. And this game has a tendency to, like, if you get hit once, you're probably getting hit twice, and then you might get hit a third time. So, like, it's pretty much insta-kill. Everything does one damage, except for the spikes. There's spikes in certain levels, and those are insta-kill. So, like... it's pretty difficult and your tendency to die before you, even if you know what you're doing, you know, it's, it's pretty high chance you're going to die. So yeah, if you die in the wrong spot, a lot of these levels have zero checkpoint. So like, even though that, you know, say you got like two or three keys in, you know, the first or second world, but a wasp takes you out, uh, it, it puts you back at the beginning of the level. So like you have to reroute every single time you die. And, uh, that, that can be a little bit frustrating because there's sections of the game where like, you know, you need the frog to get to the bee and then you need the bee to get to the lizard. And, you know, as the game goes on, it kind of follows that like you might be hopping five animals to, uh, to get to where you need to go and there's no way to do it without getting all five. So you're just like literally backtracking. It makes speed running it a nightmare, but... Yeah but uh just playing it casually you know you just you're you're just going going back over where you've already been again and again and again and it it helps with like the memorization but geez man it, it can be really frustrating <laughs> if you die at the end of a level and there's like three animals oh, that yeah. you have to get in a row oh my god that's a
1: that's a rage quit moment i think yeah. the most egregious example of what you're talking about is the house that the house mm-hmm. level mm-hmm because you need the frog to get to the lizard the lizard to get to the mouse no sorry you need the lizard to get to the frog the frog to get to the mouse the mouse to get to the bee, and then the bee to get the final key yep
0: yeah it's something like like that yeah
1: (laughs) yeah and it's just like you're the whole time you're like no i want to stay as the as the mouse because i get this cool hammer and you're going through, and it's like, okay, I can't reach this one key. What do I do? And it's like, oh, I need the bee. And then you go and get the bee, and like, cool, now I can fly. And you have stingers. And also, like, kind of sidebar, but do you find it, I guess, weird is the word I'll use, that for some of the animals, Nemo rides them, and some of the animals, Nemo wears them?
0: Yeah, I do I do find it weird. In, like, in my, You know, in my opinion, I think... Yeah, yeah, he wears the frog. He's literally inside the frog. Like the frog has eaten him and his little head's just like poking out. But I think it's, I really think it's just indecisive like programming. Like, I think some people might have (laughs) like, some people might have been like, no, they should ride him. And then some are like, no, he should turn into him. And they're like, fuck it, we're going to put both in. (laughs) I mean, you're probably right. So the thing about this game
1: and one of the reasons why people were like, why is it so hard? Well, it was made by Capcom, famous for the Mega Man games, right? Mm -hmm. And, I think like when you're given that kind of creative license with a with an IP like Little Nemo, when you go from something like Mega Man, where like the biggest aesthetic change that Mega Man goes through is his colors change based on which power he's using. So suddenly you have this IP where, you know, it like kind of the sky's the limit in a lot of ways. They probably were just like, no, you know what? Yeah, we are going to do both. Like he's going to ride this gorilla, but he's going to wear the bee. Like, yeah. <laughs> like why does that work I don't know but it's going to you know and it's it it's weird and then like you think about it it's like when you become the crab like where is he because he doesn't get any bigger like the crab does not get to be the size of Nemo but yeah. he's not he, he's not wearing the crab either it's like are you just the crab like have you possessed this crab I don't understand
0: oh that's funny yeah it, it's 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 a little weird and it's even weirder too I'm gonna go off on two little side notes here but it's even weirder because like you know Th- this this game came out well sort of it sort of came out with a movie like a uh, you know a Disney Pixar style animated movie and i watched the movie we'll get into that in a minute but a lot <laughs> of this shit has nothing to do with the movie so like where where did any of this come from <laughs> like he yeah, doesn't and- do any of that in the movie so it's almost like you know it's it's a capcom licensed game like you said but it's almost like the movie was coming out there like we need to put a game out with this uh the game actually came out like i think 2 years after the movie so it didn't even work out like that Yeah, and uh well the, and, but the, it's almost like they just gave them concept art and they were like make a game and the game is better than the movie because it does way cooler shit like none what? of the candy throwing is in the movie none of the animal riding is in the movie no it's yeah candy is with the
1: movie but i think one of the things that they took a lot of inspiration from when it came to like how the game would play is like, it plays a lot like the Capcom rescue Rangers game. And you're right. It is a licensed game, but Capcom really got into doing licensed games on the NES. And so I think they were trying to carry that over, but use an IP that people might know. But the thing was, is that it, you know, back in the early nineties, late eighties, if you weren't in the anime, which a lot of people in the West were not, then you weren't going to know, what this was related to and right. even still like the audience that wouldn't be into the anime they weren't going to be into the comic strip because i came out in the tw- in like literally came out in 1905 yeah. so like the the demographic of people that like capcom might have been trying to touch and and i don't know maybe they just one day got you know got the rights to it and they're like yo do you guys want to do this game where this little kid runs around in dreams and like f- and fights monsters and then has to go like He's not even saving a princess. He's he's saving the king of Dreamland. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and you know, like some guy in the in the dev department was like, you know what? That sounds just stupid enough to work. Let's go. And they made and they made a game. It's it is an incredibly strange product of its time. Where like you're looking at it and you're like, there's so many things that influence and touch this as far as like like what influences the mechanics as far as previous Capcom games, the aesthetic based on the IP how close they stick to the aesthetic and then just like the influence of Japanese game design. Yeah. So it, it it's such a weird conglomeration of things. And I think that's what makes it so cool is like, it is this weird mishmash where if none of the other stuff existed, it could still stand on its own and be like, that's a pretty good game.
0: Well, yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying is like, I didn't know about any of this stuff and I still fell in love with this game, you know, when I was like, you know, 90, I'm I'm saying I played this probably in 98 or 99 and I would have been like in preschool. (laughs) So, I mean, I was like super young. Obviously I wasn't beating this back in the day, but, but yeah, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about the movie. The, the, the comics, nothing. And neither did my brother. I should probably mention, I have two older brothers, and my middle brother is the one who really introduced me to video games in general. Uh, me and him got to talking about this game when I started playing it, and he didn't know about any of that either. And he, you know, I, I say this is the first game I ever played. He says this is the first game he ever beat. Uh, oh, wow. And he's, he's like eight years older than me. Um, so he was, sure. he was playing this when he was probably like 11, 12. And, uh, but yeah, like you were saying, uh, it's made by Capcom, and it, you know, Mega Man came right before this, at least by a couple years, I think. This yeah. this game came out in the 90s. Yeah, so this is probably like right, it's either right around the release of Mega Man 2 or right before the release of Mega Man 3, I'm not really sure. It's definitely a bit after Mega Man 1. But I side, I've side-by-sided the footage from uh, my runs from Mega Man 1 and Little Nemo. I don't really know what to call it. I don't know if it's an engine or what, but this is Mega Man. Like, this is yeah. literally in the Mega Man engine. I don't know what they called it back in the day, but, uh, you know, the, all the worlds, um, especially later in the game, they fit right into a Mega Man game. And, like, the way he jumps, the way he falls, I mean, it, it's literally Mega Man. Like, yeah. at least the first one. uh, He falls really quick. He has kind of like that, like... I don't know, he jumps like two feet out, three feet out. It, it's it's very similar. Did you ever try to see if you could damage
1: boost? Like, if you could, like, do the pause glitch? To, in oh, little no. Humor?
0: No, so there's there's not the pause glitch, um, but one of the biggest speedrunning strats for this is damage boosting. Yeah, And basically, like, you Which know how... like a
1: madman's tactic because of how little life you have.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. That's what makes it hard. And, you know, you have three bars of health and that that's all you got but if you know like there's little like med packs around and there's a little like i think they're supposed to be like i don't i don't really know i guess they're supposed to be like tea or milk or something those little jars like the little jars give you one in health and then the med packs give you full health yeah um if you know where one of those is there's a way to like well every time you get hit by an enemy typically it knocks you back it doesn't just hit you it knocks you So if you get on the other side of the enemy going uh, like towards wherever you're going and then you intentionally hit him, it'll knock you forward a few feet. And so that's like a huge, that's a huge strat for speed running. If you know where the med packs are and you can like know, oh, okay, you know, you know, you might only have two bars of health. Take that one hit, you're down to one bar of health, but there's a med pack right here. Like you can kind of, you can balance it out like that and gain a little bit extra time. Yeah. So, but there's no there's no select glitch. Just uh, just that there is. I will say this is probably one of the things that keeps people away from speed running it. Is uh, the uh, uh what am I trying to say? The dialogue skips. I don't know if you know about those. Um, so every time you go into a level, you know this, of course. I'm talking to whoever's listening this, but. Every time you go into a level, or most times, you know, you're greeted by some weird creature who basically tells you what's going on in that level. And he it's just a little bit of dialogue. Most of them are like 5 seconds, 10 seconds. The first one in the game is 27 seconds. And so when you're speedrunning it, at least for me, that's crucial to get that dialogue skip. And yeah. basically what you do is you come in... And there's a there's a certain amount that you can run before jumping and you jump. And right when you hit the ground, you pause it. Unpause and jump again and keep going forward. And you do it like two or three times. And eventually, if you if you get it right, you get straight past the person who's trying to talk to you and you don't have to watch any of that. But the thing is, it is extremely precise. But they do like a
1: like a right handed keyboard grip where like you have you have a a finger above like the B button and start, and then you're using your left hand for the D pad. And so you're just like on your dad's desk, just like frantically hitting <laughs>
0: both buttons. Exactly. Yeah. The way I see people do it in the runs or the, the runs and the guides, there's a few people who have made guides on speed running it, but they, they put it on the desk and they have their left finger. Yeah. They have their left finger on the D pad and then they have their right and middle finger on the A and start button when they do it. Um, Pretty, pretty, pretty tough. Pretty tough. But that one in the beginning is super crucial for speed yeah. running it. Um, the the rest are a little bit shorter, and it's not that big of a deal. But well, I don't so, know that that's the one thing that gets keeps people away. I think.
1: So what's funny is like, and I'm I'm surprised you didn't you didn't realize after watching the movie. So obviously in the first level, it's flip that you run into, mm-hmm. and in the subsequent levels, it's the different goblins, the the nice goblins. Yeah. From the movie, it's those characters that you run into that tell you, like, "Oh, hey, like, be careful of the of the train and all that jazz." Like, it's them. Which, again, if you'd never seen the anime, you wouldn't know that. You'd just be like, "Who is this fuzzy creature talking to me?" Like, I don't understand. Like, there's no backstory. <laughs> the only other character that you know besides besides Nemo is Flip from the beginning. Yep. And then every other introduced character, you're like, "Who is this?" I don't understand. Like, there's a there's a weird level of like assumed like understanding that this game kind of pushes either intentionally or unintentionally, which I lean more toward unintentionally. Right. That like, I, I feel like kind of takes away from like the full enjoyment of the game. If you don't know. And the thing is like, as a kid, I didn't know anything about the comic strip. I just thought that little Nemo in slumberland, you know, the anime was like the first thing. And then it just kind of went from there. But it turns out, like, years later, and I ran into this, oh, God, forever ago, where I was trying to look it up because I was trying to look up the year that the game came out because I couldn't remember off the top of my head. And when I put in Little Nemo instead of, you know, the Dream Master, it brought me to a Wikipedia article on the Little Nemo comic. And I was like, what the hell? And I'm looking at it? And so I just kind of went down this rabbit hole of... Learning the history of this of this IP and everything, and realize that what we're actually playing is the uh, immortal uh, the immortal image and visage, if you will, of uh, Robert McKay, the son of uh, Windsor McKay, who is like the original like cartoonist that made the that made the comic strip. Mm-hmm. He he modeled Little Nemo off of his son Robert.
0: Oh, and so, that's awesome!
1: And so, I technically, by you know, by the of property, the animated Nemo is based off of that. And the video game Nemo is technically based off of that. So like, it's this weird thing where you're going through and you're like, wow, this is some guy's like creation that he made. And it has like carried on through like so many different iterations and still kind of holding on to its roots, really, you know, through like through all these years. Cause like, so uh, hold on. Do do, uh, do, do you mind if I get a little nerdy with the.
0: Yeah, uh, no, no, you're good. Go for it. Go ahead. I want all the history, man. I don't know any of it. So go for it. So little Nemo in slumberland was a,
1: a comic strip written by uh, written and, uh, and illustrated by Windsor McKay in the New York Herald. And it first came out in 1905. Okay. So think about that. That is forever ago and it went on for a long time between the herald and then it went to uh another publication called the the new york american and then back to the herald but long story short it went on for 22 years from 1905 to to 1927 okay and then it just stopped gone yeah so then time goes on and a company in uh, an uh, animation company in japan then got the rights to it. Oh shoot, that's my garage door.
0: We're gonna take a quick little break. I'm gonna go grab another coffee real quick while Tony is uh, doing what he's got to do for a few. Okay,
1: I'm back. Oh, we're back already. Yeah i I didn't realize they were kind of running behind, so like there wasn't much conversation. She was just like, "Hey, here are the keys. You good?" I'm like, "Yep." I'm like, "All right, kiddo. Bye. Have, have fun. Good luck."
0: Gotcha. Hey, no worries. I thought we were. I thought we were taking fifteen, but it's all good. So the
1: the comic strip eventually gets turned into an anime by uh toho toa which is a a japanese film uh, company right and it's crazy because if you don't know anything about the about the comic strip you're like well okay this is just a, a cool animated film which a lot of people thought it was uh it was studio ghibli which it's not but it definitely shares a lot of the traits uh, when it came, like when it came out, when you look at it visually, there are moments when you're like, "Wow, this is you know pretty decent animation," and then there's there's moments when you're like, "This is amazing animation," and it's a it's funny because the level of detail on it can can kind of be hit or miss depending upon the scene, mm-hmm. but yeah. I think I I think when like when it matters, the animation is just like is just Top tier, it, at least to me. There's a there's a part when like they're they're in the Nightmare King's castle, and you know, okay, so like one of the jokes and something that I always I always do when I play this game or I like watch the movie or anything to do with it, right? I always go uh, <laughs> Salama Pajama, Salama Pajama, because hmm. in the in the anime, in order to use the the scepter that Little Nemo ends up getting. The the one MacGuffin, the one thing that can take out the Nightmare King, there is a special incantation, you have to say. And it is this long, like, Martha Stewart recipe length, like, incantation that apparently the, the, the King of Slumberland knows by heart. But Nemo, because he's, like, four, you know, he just remembers Salama Pajama. And so even just saying, like... That that phrase over and over again can still like power up the wand, and <laughs> there's a part where it, so in the game, famously one of the worst bosses in the game is a flying uh like manta ray. I don't know why it's a manta ray. I guess because like to a child's mind, something like that would be terrifying. I mm-hmm. I, I, I guess it would. If I was fire in fire breathing have, manta ray, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and it flies. It's not even in the water. You know, it's just it's just out there flying around. But um, so like as it's as it's attacking him, and they're flying on the bed or whatever, which is a mechanic that doesn't come back in the game. And God, I feel like that would have been such a cool level if there was like a side scroll, like like a like a shmup level. You know, where he's on yeah. the where he's on the bed, or even just like you're dodging stuff. I don't know. That's definitely something they should have added. But anyway, as the flying man ray is. Going and destroying everything around them, and like trying to get him or whatever. He's just he's just yelling Salama Pajama over and over again to the point to where like it doesn't become like a beam, but the the wand gets like a blade on it. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and he like chops the mana ray in half. Yeah, and it's it's a cool it's a cool sequence, and it's one of those things where like when it does happen, the the like level of detail in the animation, like it's ramped up in that scene. And so it's you know, it, it gets like real tense and stuff. and when it does happen, you know, you have that moment you're like, yeah, all right, good job, Nemo. And then you're like, oh, there's a nightmare King. you've got to figure this out now, kid. And it's a I, 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 I don't know. I just have so many fond memories of watching the of watching that anime. And I, like obviously, I played the game before I watched the anime. But it was just so funny how like when I first watched it, which I'm sure you had the exact same, <laughs> the exact same uh, reaction. As I'm as I'm watching it, I'm like, wait, where like where are the animals? Like, why doesn't he throw like why doesn't he throw candy? Who the like who is the the princess? Why well, like who are all these people? Yep. But I did think it was cool though that there is like there is the train. There is like an homage to the train in the game that kind of fits with what happens in the anime cuz like like king, Mor- like king Morpheus, the king of Slumberland, is a- essentially a man child and he has this huge train set that goes all throughout the castle and he his first introduction to Nemo is like Nemo helps him to fix his, his toy train but King Morpheus also rides his toy train around the castle yeah and then they go and they, like, run through the castle on the train and everything. Again, another pretty cool, uh, like, sequence in the in the movie. But, like, in the game, it obviously, it being a Nintendo game, it doesn't quite have the same, like, panache as it does in the anime. But it's cool how they do, like, that little homage to it where you're like, oh, I am, like, basically in this sequence of the movie where, you know, you're in the you're in the castle but you're on the train set and you're you know you're playing through it and everything and if you really think about it if you if you want to like scrape the layers enough each of the levels does kind of represent a different point in the game and a different point in the movie so like the the ruins is essentially when he's like in the nightmare portion of that first dream when like he's in like the the ruined town or whatever and gets train and gets chased by the train right. and then you know the the well. I don't really know what the forest. I guess the forest would be like the the nightmare forest, and the at the end, you could probably like draw. You know, Charlie oh, Day, yeah. the you know the, the the tack board with the strings. You know, <laughs> to to figure it out if you really wanted to to make it all work. But all that to say, suffice to say, right? So then the game comes out a year after the anime and it's like cool there's a game to go along with this ip now good job capcom it is now immortalized in you know in a millennial and gen z brains because uh-huh. we played this as kids and then last year right i'm flipping through netflix and i was like huh a, a a new and the funny thing is the the title didn't even get me. It was the fact that Jason Momoa is in it. And, yeah, <laughs> and I love Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa, I think, is actually probably my spirit animal. But I'm like, oh crap, a new Jason Momoa movie, fantastic. I'm gonna check this out. And I watched the preview of it, and I was like, wait a minute, Slumberland. Hmm. So I sit down with my kids, and we're watching it and everything. And then sure enough, like I'm I'm not gonna ruin it, but there is a point in the movie where the, the one thing that the majority of the franchise ties into that, unfortunately the game doesn't is um, the walking bed. So like in the, in the comic strip at one point Nemo, like he's getting ready to go have fun with flip and he doesn't want to like, he doesn't want to get out of bed. Like when the dream starts, he doesn't want to get out of bed. He's like, no, I don't want to. And so they essentially, convince the bed to walk for them to take them where they want to go. And so the bed like grows a little bit taller and like basically becomes like a horse and starts walking around mm-hmm. in the anime. That same thing happens except like Nemo's asleep. And then the bed's like, all right, Aunt, we're and we're out of here and they start going. And then in slumberland, the first time that Nemo uh, like is in her dream and realizes that she's in a dream, the bed walks out of her uncle's apartment. And so like, it's cool how like it all ties together. I I, I don't know. I, I know I'm like I'm almost incoherently gushing about this uh, about this incredibly obscure franchise, but like it's cool how you know even over years. Like think about it, 1905 to 2022.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's That's, an old IP Like, for for a brand new movie to come out. When you told me that there was a new Nemo movie called Slumberland, also, I haven't watched it yet, I realized, late last night, while I was laying in bed, that I missed that when I forgot to do it. Um, But when you told me there was a Slumberland movie, I almost didn't believe you. And you said Jason Momoa was starring in it. I I watched the trailer, and I was like, yeah, this looks kind of cool. But I was like, God, if it couldn't get any weirder, it just got like ramped up like 10 notches like we're yeah. bringing little nemo back jason momoa stars as flip which is like yeah. the weird clown it just got so much weirder like it already didn't make any fucking sense yeah but... <laughs> the the funny thing is though
1: is like it's sort of like the the 2022 movie sort of has elements of like loki and um and almost like doctor who in it mm-hmm. where like the like slumberland is this very like, like not regimented, but like there's a system and they make sure that people's dreams happen the way they're supposed to happen so that they can become the people they need to be. Like the whole point of like slumberland's whole function is to help like shape people through their dreams to help them be who they're supposed to be. And it, it, things get kind of thrown on its head because Nemo ends up like disrupting that or whatever. And then, there's a, I don't know. The thing is, is like, I expected it to like, not, not that I was expecting it to be bad, but I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. And then also I didn't expect to really get invested in like the way it concluded the way that it ends. I was just like, this is rad. Okay. This is pretty cool. Like the way the whole thing goes down. Like I, I don't often, like I'll recommend video games all day. I don't often recommend movies, especially Netflix movies, but you should definitely watch it, dude. Like it yeah. is it is percent worth the watch. If if for nothing else to see Jason Momoa as flip because he <laughs> absolutely kills it. Like, don't get me wrong, like 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 Mickey Rooney did a good job in the in the anime, but Jason Momoa knocks it out of the park.
0: Okay. Yeah, that was gonna be my next question if uh, if if I should watch or not. But yeah, I I yes I, I will. I want to. I would like to. It's it just is. so, it's so odd. It's so odd that Jason Momoa would have signed off on being, being Flip. I, I don't know. It, just, it doesn't make any sense in my head. It's like <laughs> Flip from the video game and from the animated movie. He's, he's not, he's not that in my head. It's like, no, he's start, not, if, man. if you were like, all right, top tier actor, if, if I had to guess top tier actor, who's going to play Flip? Uh, Danny DeVito. That's who I want is Flip. Like, oh see, <laughs> see, now that you say that,
1: God, that would have been so good. That would have yeah,
0: been, that would have been like, perfect. Flip is supposed to be like this greasy kind of like car salesman, cigar smoking, half clown, half frog, like short yeah. little goofball who just kind of wants to break the rules and stuff. And so when I heard it was Jason Momoa, I was like, what the f-? fuck like (laughs) I mean I mean to be fair he still has that energy but yeah
1: yeah he's you know he's like four feet taller
0: (laughs) right Uh, no
1: but you know what's funny it would be Danny DeVito and he would have killed it too that's the funny thing about it like Danny DeVito would have absolutely murdered the role that being said I still like Jason Momoa's flip you should definitely watch that movie Uh, go for it a a quick little tidbit I just realized this (laughs) I love I love Wikipedia so much because it just gives you random information but in, uh, in Japan, uh, Little Nemo the Dream Master
0: is known as Pajama Hero Nemo. And I think I like
1: that name better.
0: Pajama Hero Nemo. That's funny. Yeah, that actually, that actually just reminded me. Uh, I read it somewhere. I don't know where, but Nemo translates to nobody.
1: Yes, it's a Latin phrase.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so that, I mean, that's kind of like... Yeah, little nobody. Yeah, I mean it proves my it, it kind of proves my, my thinking a little bit of where, you know, Nemo doesn't he doesn't really have a place. Uh at least in his household, he is like literally the the nobody, you know, like his dad doesn't talk to him, you know, and he goes on these adventures in his dreams. But I don't, I don't know, like which is kind of, of a weird
1: thing. Like when you when you think about it, it's a it's a weird it's almost well not almost, it's sad in a way, where you're like, Oh man, like this kid's like home life is so, like, not, not great that he would just prefer to be asleep so he could just like dream of like having friends, yeah, and and hanging out and stuff. And you're just like,
0: oh man, let's let's see. We covered the anime, we covered the comic, we covered the new movie, we covered basically the first half. Um, you know, we've we've covered pretty much everything up until level eight uh nightmare Man. land where the only mobile game...
1: level
0: oh dude well it's weird so you know the whole game we're, we're, we're gonna switch back into the game but you know the whole game we've been collecting keys there's 42 or 44 through the game i can't remember there's 40 something you know each level has like some levels have five some have six seven most of them have six but we've been collecting all these keys going through all these weird dreams and everything and then you get to level eight, and that is Nightmare Land, where you know, backtracking a little bit, you talked about the, uh, you talked about the fire breathing ray and the Nightmare King and the penguin, which I should say the penguin is nowhere to be found in the anime. <laughs> yeah, but uh, thank God. <laughs> well, the whole the whole time we've been looking for these keys and navigating the the level, you know, riding animals and everything, and all of a sudden you get to you beat level seven, you get to level eight, and it's Nightmare Land and you know there's this huge cutscene, unskippable by the way you can't skip it it's like four minutes long it's it's super long where i don't really know what happens in that cutscene, other than they give you this wand and they explain that you need to go to nightmare land and and you know fight fight the fight the nightmare king and all this stuff usually when that scene comes on i just kind of blank out because i've been going hard for like 20 minutes and uh yeah and it's, it's kind of just like a nice little break but the Everything about the game that you know uh, before getting to Nightmare Land, you basically throw it out the window. It is literally a different game for the last level uh, because you get this wand, and all of a sudden you have an attack. Like, you have candy as well. You can still do all that stuff, but you have a wand that shoots beams, and it actually can get rid of enemies. So um, I'll I'll, I'll let you touch in on there too, but uh, I just thought it was interesting how this game kind of like... You know, it's like zero to 60 real quick. And it gets hard. It turns into like more of like your 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 classic like Mega Man style game where there's bosses and there's, you know, tough platforming, tight platforming, where most of the beginning of the game is just exploration and finding the keys.
1: Yeah, I I feel like I feel like when they got to the last level, Capcom was like, oh, snap, we haven't put any bosses in this game. Like we haven't, we haven't put any like major bad guys. It's just like, get to the door, which, you know, doors and keys do play a, a part in the anime. And I, I think in the comic book to a certain, to, in the comic strip to a certain extent, but it's just, it's weird because like you said, you, you suddenly have a weapon, right? Which you can melee things with. You can actually bonk stuff on the head with the, with the wand, or you can charge up an attack, all the Salama Pajama. <laughs> to To shoot a, like to shoot an attack, right? Mm-hmm. But it never it never tells you that. And so, like I said, as a kid getting to to Nightmare Land, I was like, okay, cool, I'm gonna go fight this guy. And then I got to the penguin, and I'm like, what do I do? I don't understand it. It's I mean, it's a classic example of like inscrutable mechanics in like you know 90s era Nintendo games. But you know, as a kid. It doesn't, you know, it's not telling you anything. So the I guess the game designers just assumed that you would figure it out. I don't know, but it's it was funny to me that you do get to that point in the game and you know, like I said, when I got older and I went through and and got further into the game getting to that and like beating the penguin and you're like, "Oh, I I guess that's it. I did I beat the game?" I don't know. Okay. And then All of a sudden, it's like, JK, now you got to go up this, you know, tower of absolute BS. Yeah,
0: I I call it Purple Hill. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Like, so, the actual worst enemy in this game are those stupid little skull fluffball things that float down. Mm -hmm. Those are actually the worst enemy in the game because they infinitely respond, just like all the other enemies in the game. But they have no definite pathing. Like, with the bees, right? The bees, they fly back and forth on a path. You can figure out the path, and then you can avoid them. The like snake uh, like flower things, they have a path. You can avoid them. But those stupid puffball things, they float back and forth across the screen, and then when they get to be like probably six or seven frames above you, they suddenly stop and then just go straight down.
0: Yeah, they like lock on.
1: Yeah. And so it can make it to where you're like, okay, cool. I'm gonna climb up this thing, climb up this thing. Oh crap, I ran randomly puff balls, I'm all the way back at the bottom now. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it again. And it's it can just be so frustrating. But then once you get past that, right? Then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, remember those flame jets with the like really weird hitbox? Yeah, now th- this whole level is just that. And uh, you're going to have to get through all those in order to get to the Nightmare King. Good, good luck. And you have to do the craziest freaking platforming of your entire life to avoid the water in order to actually be able to get up and get through. But like you said, though, the game before that is so much of like, here's a level, here are the animals that you're going to use to traverse it, find the keys, open the door. And then you get to the end and it's like, hey, all that stuff you were doing before, throw it out the window, homie, whole new, uh, whole new level system, uh, figure it out. And you're, you're left to be like, wait, how do I, how do I do this? How, like, how do I video game now? And (laughs) you have to like kind of retrain your brain at that point in the game, which, you know, as an adult with modern, you know, conveniences like save states and things like that, you can take the time to suss that out. And, you know, probably figure it out in like half an hour and then you're like, right. okay, cool. I, I can, I can figure this out. I, Cause like, like realistically from the time that you started playing to get like ready for this episode to, you know, I guess magically convincing yourself to speed run it. Like, what was that? Like a week?
0: Yeah. I played it for five days. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, like realistically
1: days. in, in a short amount of time, you can be like, yeah, I could probably speed run this. Cause these games weren't designed for that. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't designed for you to, like, suddenly hit, hit a certain point and be like, I bet I could do this whole game in half an hour. And then you're just, like, blazing through it. But as kids, right, like when you're young and, you're, you know, you're renting it from the video store downtown on Main Street. Yeah. <laughs> freaking, you know, you get to that point and you're like, wait, what do I do? And then you die and then it just starts you back over at the beginning of the level and you're like, well, I don't even know what I did wrong. I don't, yeah. even, I don't even know what right looks like. like what like what am I supposed to do? And so you're just bashing your head against it. And of course, this is before the internet and like you know things like prima guides and game facts and all that crap. So like there was no there was no place to go to figure it out. And video games were still not I don't want to say niche, but like it wasn't cool to talk about games in a deep sense. like right. like, like like no one was doing what we're doing now. Back in the '90s, and if you did, you would be considered an absolute weirdo, because it's like (laughs) it's like why do you care about these games so much? So you're not gonna like go to your friends in the playground and be like, "Yo, how do you beat Nightmare World in Little Nemo?" Because your friends would be like, "I don't know, I don't play that freaking game." It's like, no, but I I literally was playing it with you like a week ago. Like it's cool,
0: man. Like I know we're in front of other people, right? And you know that that's kind of the thing about living in uh in the times we do now. You know, it's 2023 as of this recording, and we have access to you know people have made guides people have made you know even just like speedrunning save states like anybody who yeah. posts a speed run it is a rule basically across the board you post the footage so you have access to information to figure out how to do this stuff but, but yeah i do want to uh i'm pretty sure we paused somewhere before that uh that i definitely don't want to skip out on we were talking uh I'll I'll edit this in a way that makes sense somehow, but uh, <laughs> but uh, we we were talking about level eight in Nightmare Land, where uh, you know you were you were climbing Purple Hill, right? That's what mm-hmm. I like to call it, where there's crocodiles and you you know you're climbing. There's fire. You got to get the, the lizard, and you know that that whole section is so brutally difficult. But while I was watching, uh, while I was watching speedruns, uh, Arcus uh, was playing this. Uh the week before I started doing it for the podcast, and I kept up with uh, kept up with it while he said a top 20 time, mind you, that's pretty insane. He played it for five days and said a top 20 time i said I played it for you know twenty, twenty eight years, and I said top fifty time." but <laughs> you know uh he, he was playing it, and he did this thing in Purple Hill where Uh, You get the lizard and what the game wants you to do, it wants you to get this lizard, climb through all this fire and then jump to the far left of the screen to get the frog and then backtrack up through this fire to go where you were talking about, where the where the roof is caving in and you got to go. You know, it goes down and it's insta kill. Um, Super, super hard part of the game uh just to even get there i find it to be insanely difficult uh doing it that way but i noticed arcus does this thing where he gets on the lizard and those little skull floaty guys come down that you were talking about that are pretty terrible uh he does this thing though where he jumps when they're coming down on the lizard and the lizard can climb onto walls so he jumps he damage boosts from them. And mind you, you're like 50 feet up. If you miss this, you're fucked. But uh, he jumps, he hits it, he damage boosts, and he grabs the wall. And the lizard goes into that section where the spikes are coming down. Uh, and because, I guess, because you're not supposed to have the lizard there, you're invincible. Yeah. So, you know, when I play this now, um, even if I'm speedrunning it, if I, I I do that until I get it, like because <laughs> it's it's that crucial. Because it's it's not even that that room is that difficult to get through. It's getting there with the frog is so hard for me that like I'm better off just sending it and sending it and sending it and trying to get this damage boost, and it's tough. And I don't I haven't figured out exactly what to do to do it. Um, it seems pretty random. Uh, but I still y- stand by the notion that that frog is a red herring. <laughs> it,
1: it it's just what do you so, mean? It's just, the, that frog in Green Hill, or sorry, Purple, uh-huh. Hill, Purple Hill. is so out, like it's so out of the way, and your like your chances of missing it completely, or like not being able to get it and losing the lizard, and then having to go back to get the lizard again and all that jazz. I, I, I'm convinced that like there's a way to get past there like either by using the lizard or just as yourself, because it's so, it's so out of the way. Like it's just tucked off in that corner and you can't get to him any other way than to make that jump. And then if you miss that jump, you've got to start it all over again and you're probably going to die. Cause you have to go past those flame geysers again. It's just, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just that one section, that trek from when you're supposed to get that frog backtracking Back through the fire and then yeah. to get to where you need to go—that's the hardest part of the game, hundred percent. So when when I found a way to not have to do that, I was like, I'm doing that at all costs. And I just sat there with a the safe state and tried it and tried it. And I can do it, but if I'm doing it in a run, like I'm preparing to die two to three to four times, yeah. and like it's it's you such know it's every time consistent. you die, you're adding like thirty seconds at least to your time. Yeah, um, I did it last night, first try, and I was like, holy right. hell! But I had I had. You know, I'd boofed it earlier in the game and I, you know, I ended up setting like a 40 and my PB is a 34, but, but, uh, when but I, yeah.
1: but when you see me that video of you doing that, I was like, I was just like, what witchcraft is this? I was like, wow, that is really cool. Like, I, it, I had no it, idea.
0: It's almost like, it almost makes sense that that would be in there as a mechanic if you weren't invincible. Yeah. Because you're invincible, it's like okay, they didn't. You know, this isn't programmed. Like because yeah. because if, as soon as you jump off the lizard when you're in that room, you'll die. Yeah. Uh, so you got to. I mean, it's still difficult to get through that room on the lizard, but but it definitely makes it, it. It doesn't make that. You know, being invincible in that room doesn't really make it any easier. It's just a matter of not having to do all that frog bullshit. It's <laughs> definitely easier. than than, uh than doing that but you know you follow that little path and you eventually get to that uh that fire breathing manatee or whatever it is stingray um, (laughs) there's a
1: big difference between a manatee and a stingray brother
0: (laughs) is there what's a manatee i don't even know
1: a manatee is a mammal for one (laughs) a manatee is okay
0: hey i'll 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 have to look into this i'll have to look into
1: this (laughs) now i wish it was a
0: fire breathing manatee at least it would make sense that it was out of the water (laughs) i'll look it up real quick fire breathing manatee let's see manatee that's funny. <laughs> hold on hold on oh yeah that that's not what that is oh that's dumb so <laughs> okay so funny. the fire breathing manatee uh <laughs> no it's a st- it's a stingray it's a stingray yeah. uh you know i i find that boss to be hard. like like we said there's three bosses um uh, and they're in a row and you you checkpoint uh in between deaths if you do die but you don't checkpoint if you use a continue which Is a whole other thing, but you know, you beat you beat the stingray and the stingray is tough, man. I mean, after after you know what to do, it's not too bad. But you know, you have a weapon now and you you use charge shots to to take to take these bosses down. Uh, You know, if you just if you press and hold it for a second, it kind of has like a bar on it where you know yeah, which is weird. The more powerful the shot is, so you want to get those charge shots. But the stingray can be a nightmare, dude. No pun intended, since we're in nightmare land. But yeah, it it, it's tough, man. he has a bunch of random attacks, uh, much more random than um, than the final boss. But do you do you have trouble with him? Because I do. That's the one I always have trouble with.
1: It's a thing of like I never know what his pattern is going to be. So yeah. it, you know, like you don't know if he's going to fly like in line with you, or if he's going to be below you, above you. You don't know like when he's going to like do that like diagonal, uh, like uh, that diagonal like dive bomb or whatever. And I'm sure there is some way to suss out his pattern. I, d- I just don't know what it is. So every time I fight him, I'm always like, I'm always like clutching the controller and just like ready to jump or move at any second. And then, you know, you have to wait for him to stop to breathe fire before you can get a couple of shots off. And again, it's one of those things where it, it's so weird that like you do have like the charge bar because you don't have to fully charge. And as far as I can tell from runs I've seen and like like using the Penguin as an example, I don't think there's any difference in like having a fully charged shot or just like getting like like the first bit of charge and letting it go. I don't Mm -hmm. know if there's like a damage difference or anything because I mean there's no damage numbers so you don't know. None of them have life bars, so you can't really tell. It's weird
0: because I think I think it's fairly random, but I think I think there's like critical hit data um, that your chances are stronger. Mm. If you charge it, maybe not max. I don't think there's a difference in max, but there's definitely a difference uh, if you're just barely pressing it and shooting it compared to the, uh, compared to full charge.
1: And then the other thing that throws you off too is the fact that when you do fire the the wand, it it pushes you back, so you can never do like consistent shots. Which mm. I think is I think is by design. It would trivialize a lot of the it would trivialize those three bosses if you could just like like hold for a second, like get that little bit of charge and then shoot. And then just like, like rinse and repeat. Or like if you had a turbo button, right. Right. That you could program to like, basically let you just like rapid fire the thing. It would trivialize a lot of the bosses. So I can kind of see where they did that for like for gameplay purposes, but it's still irritating. Cause you can like knock yourself off a platform. You could like push yourself back into damage. It really throws you off. The other thing that I was thinking about cuz we were talking about that like those fire jets and stuff like that is my biggest hang up with this game and I know it seems like we're like getting really negative on it but it's mostly because of like a like you know as kids we were like man this game's really hard but in reality there's like a kind of a lot of jank to it mm-hmm. but for a capcom game this game has very vague like hit boxes and yeah. very vague like uh what is it like collision with platforms? Like, one of the most irritating things in this game is when you're playing as a lizard, you're trying to jump to a spot to like stick onto the wall, and you think that you're that you hit it, but you didn't go high enough, and so you just like fall down, and right. that's super irritating. And then the hitboxes for the animals, like when you're riding them, it's never really clear on like, like when you're riding the lizard, and I saw this when you were doing a playthrough, uh, like a week ago. Where you went through and the fire jet was like the fire jet essentially came up behind you and was like on the lizard's tail and it didn't hit you, right. But it'll hit the head of the, of the lizard,
0: so right
1: Like like where the hit boxes are and stuff like that, as far as damage is concerned, is really vague from like animal to animal and and is you know, kind of vague for like Nemo himself. so it's it's hard to be precise when you're going through a level which again i think is what makes speed runs so uh like so impressive of these games cuz like at at some point in order to do those speed runs in order to like max you know to maximize your efficiency and to lower your times mm-hmm. you got to you got to know where to jump you know what i mean like you got to know where to jump you got to know where to land you got to know when something's going to hit you right and so like it take you know you, you must be very studious in order to like learn those things in a game where it's not consistent And it's like, that's probably my biggest hangup with this game is like for a Capcom game. It is very imprecise. Cause you compare this to Mega Man. Mega Man is like pixel perfect. Definitely. When it it comes to like where hitboxes land, like how damage is applied and things like that. So it's like a, it's just a weird dichotomy considering the fact that this game came out three years after Mega Man one came out the same year as Mega Man three. Okay. And it's like a, it's a weird It's a it's just it's a weird bit of inconsistency from Capcom because like like this game came out the same year as Mega Man 3 and Rescue Rangers, which is another Capcom joint and Mega Man 3 and Rescue Rangers are both much more precise in their like in like their damage models and stuff like that than this game is. So it almost makes you think that like this game wasn't like so much an afterthought, but they just didn't quite know what to do with these types of sprites, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, I th- I think so. It's weird, too, because, like, you know, the guy who just set the the world record for this game just got set, like, 20 days ago, 30 days ago. You know, I think he grinded it for, for a year or two. But, uh, you know, like, you're, you're talking about the inconsistencies. And, you know, in his world record run, he took down the Penguin in a two-stroke. I think it is fairly random. Um, but, yeah, that guy set world record at 22 minutes. That's 14 minutes faster than than what i've done which is pretty pretty fucking crazy how, how is much nuts. how much time he how much time he cut because i had a pretty good run when i set that like that was like pretty much deathless i think i died one time on that lizard skip but that only added like 30 seconds so you know he's that guy's 13 minutes faster than me in general but but um. But yeah. Before it. Before we get. Before we get too too far off again. Yeah. We need to talk about the Nightmare King. So we've done Penguin. We've done May. Uh. We've done May. <laughs> God damn it. We've done Penguin. <laughs> we've done Stingray Manatee. <laughs> and uh. Then you, then you get to this final stretch where you know tough platforming. Not not too bad compared to uh, compared to Purple Hill as we call it. But uh, you know you eventually get to Nightmare King and you know at this point. Like, this is literally, like, a Mega Man stage. Like, it, it you know, there's fire everywhere. Think Fire Man stage from Mega Man 1, and that's yeah. pretty much where you're at. There's fire shooting up, you know, there's shit everywhere that hurts you. You eventually get to Nightmare King, where, I mean, I don't think it's that hard. I find it easier. It's just kind of like, it, okay, it's hard if you're trying to do it fast. That's that's where it becomes hard. If you have all the time in the world, you can take him down pretty easily. It's just, oh, yeah. it's probably like a five minute stamina battle. Like, you know, he's he's the most predictable. The penguin has random elements. The uh, the stingray has random elements. Nightmare King really doesn't. He has two attacks, and he just moves left to right on the screen, and he shoots this like. He shoots this red, like, booger thing. I don't really know what it is, but he shoots a that. A blob
1: of blood or something.
0: Yeah, he shoots that. He's huge, by the way. He's massive sprite. Yeah. Massive sprite. Takes up the whole screen. But he shoots this booger thing, and, you know, you take... that's For me, that's the thing I want to take out ASAP. You just, you know... It, it's almost like a defensive thing, because I think you have to hit him a good, like, 40 times. Like, he he takes he takes some damage and there's no like there's no way to tell how much you've really done to him other than just like how long it's been going on but he shoots out this booger thing and if you hit that with the with the wand then it doesn't damage him at all um it, you know he does that and then he shoots these like lightning bolts and pretty much you just like hang on the left side of the screen, and you you know you get rid of the red glob, and then you jump over the things, and you hit them with a charge shot, and you just do that over and over and over again. But you know Nemo only has three bars of health, so it, it can be a it can be a challenge for sure. But yeah, it's uh I I really like that fight. I think it's a lot of fun.
1: And again, it's so different from the other two, where like the the penguin like goes back and forth. He drops bubbles on you, and then he, you know, throws baby penguins at you, mm-hmm. and then the the manta ray like flies back and forth. You have to dodge it a lot and everything, and then you have to land your shots when it gives you a chance. And then the nightmare king is just a wall, like he's just a, a wall that shoots attacks. Like it's almost like the first boss from Contra, where like, yeah, it's just a lot of like you, like you trying to damage him while avoiding his attacks and his attacks aren't difficult per se and they're easy to to predict but it definitely requires you to like get into a flow where yeah. like you're like okay here comes the booger okay hit that all right he's going to attack boom 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 jump over that zap him and then you just kind of like go into that rhythm until you take him out like you said if you're just taking your time and not trying to you know speedrun or whatever you could get into that rhythm and probably take him out in a few strokes and then, you know, it's, it's GG. And then, you know, we get the, the cool little, you know, in credits and all that jazz. But if you're trying to like, if you're trying to get in between the stages of his attacks and stuff like that, to do more damage and everything, you really got to be on your game because if you're at a different spot in the, uh, on the screen, then the laser attacks that he shoots are going to have different angles so you gotta jump or you gotta dodge differently and if you don't hit the booger (laughs) right if you don't hit the booger at the right time then that's gonna make a whole nother uh, obstacle that you have to get around and dodge so you're not losing one of your three pips of health
0: right yeah and i mean it it can
1: definitely be crazy
0: yeah, if you're if you're not trying to do it fast, it's not hard. Like the the strat on that, if you're just trying to you know just learning how to do it, you basically want to take out that red glob as fast as you can. Hang on the left, and then jump over. Through. If you're on the far left, there's only one bolt out of three lightnings that can hit you. So you're just you know you're just kind of getting in that pattern. Where it becomes hard is when, uh, you know you're trying to do full charge shots, and the only way to really get a full charge shot is to get right in the right, probably like. Ten frames, and you have to let that red thing skim over your head without hitting you uh, to get a charge shot on him and I think with charge shots, he goes down in like 10 but if it's if we're talking just like regular char or red regular shots, I mean it's literally like forty or fifty it's It's a fuck ton. I've taken him down with nothing but those, and it takes probably like five minutes whereas charge shots you can do in about two um, yeah you know it's it's definitely something you can't look away from the screen like you got you got to be all in on it to be, even be able to beat him
1: yeah it's i don't know man i i i think if you just took the like nightmare land level as its own separate piece it almost is like a cool game in and of itself yeah but i think when you're going from uh like from you know the, you know, level one through seven and how those mechanics work and then getting the nightmare land, it's so jarring compared to everything else that you've done that it like, it, it can kind of throw you off and kind of leave a bad taste in your mouth. But, you know, in, in its own little separate box, that portion of the game is, is actually pretty enjoyable. And honestly, probably one of the better parts of the game. Cause like now you have all your abilities and everything, you've got the wand and like there's different mechanics in play. So I I think, I I don't know, like it's, it's funny looking at the, at the whole breadth of the game and like trying to compare it to itself, but overall, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, like Purple Hell sucks, like that, that bit is going to suck regardless, but I don't know, at the end of the day, I think Nightmare Land is, and the bosses are, are all a really good part of the game, you know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. And, you know, honestly, uh, Nightmare Land, stage eight, it, it, I think it is my favorite part of the game. I, I, I like it that much. I mean, I've played it a lot. I've played it probably more than the rest of the game, because once you like, once you know the route to get the keys in the first seven stages, like that's pretty easy. And, you know, assuming you're, you don't die and have to backtrack and do all that shit, you know, yeah. if you go on a deathless run, you know, I can do all that pretty quick. And then, you know, Nightmare Land takes me the other half. You know, my my time's 34 minutes right now. I'd say I'd say I would do the first seven stages in 20 minutes. And then the last 14 minutes is Nightmare Land because it's three bosses. And it's a lot like Mega Man. Like, I hate to keep comparing it, um, but it is a lot like Mega Man because in Mega Man, you do the six bosses or you do the six robot masters and then you go to Wily and Wily is the same thing. It's three different bosses. Uh, before you get to Wily and this is much of the same and it's the same thing if you if you die in game over in Mega Man you go back to the beginning of the bo- of the uh, you know it'd be like in in Little Nemo you'd go back to before the penguin and then you'd have to do penguin purple hill and then stingray and then you know all that so yeah it's 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 very similar but i will say we're we're going to be wrapping up we're almost 2 hours in which is awesome it's fucking awesome but we <laughs> we do need to wrap up soon um i will say before we get going um there's a ROM hack. I think I'm gonna play it today. Uh, there's a ROM hack of Little Nemo that's much harder, but it gives you the wand from the beginning.
1: Oh, see that that would completely change the game.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think I think I want to play it. I've looked up a little bit of footage, uh, or I've watched some speedrun. Not all of a speedrun of it, um, but I, I've watched some, and it looks tough. But it gives you the wand from the very beginning. It's called Little Nemo's uh, Magic wand or something like that they call it something different than what the wand is actually called but um but they give you the wand from the beginning and it is much harder like they've added in different things like instead of like instead of like um you know, say like a lizard, the lizard can climb this big wall to get up to the spot. Well instead of that now you have like the bo- the blocks from Mega Man. Uh and then like you fight two Stingrays instead of one. Oh jeez. Yeah, yeah. It looks tough, but I, I, I kinda real. I kinda wanna give it a whack, but
1: I believe it is called the Wonderful Wand Edition. I just mm-hmm. looked it up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I re I think I'm gonna try to play it. I think it's gonna be hard as fuck, but <laughs> I I think I could do it. But I don't know. We'll, it we'll pretty, see.
1: It looks pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I really want to try it out. See. Well, see I will. I goes. will definitely
1: tune into that. I, yeah. I'm always down to to watch interesting ROM hacks and and just see video games in their rawest form.
0: Yeah, I don't play a lot of ROM hacks, but this one's caught my eye for sure. Because that's that's kind of the thing a lot of people complain about with this game is like they give you. The only weapon at the very end of the game, and they yeah. barely let you use it. And they're like, "All right, well, here you go, fucking have fun." Like, so you see how it goes. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm definitely gonna play it, but I'm not done with this game. I think I'm gonna keep playing it. Obviously, I'm still running Mega Man in the background while I do all these other things that I do. But I think I'm gonna try to set a sub 30 time for Little Nemo, and uh, and get that on the board before I'm. Done, done, done. Running it, but but it's a lot of fun. It's just very frustrating.
1: <laughs> well, I, I I think where I will I will leave off my part uh, on this is one. I appreciate being able to find someone that uh you know that shares my love for these games and you know like warts and all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's not fair to. You know, to the history of these of these games, to just sit here with rose-colored glasses and be like, "Oh no, it's flawless!" Dah, dah, dah. No, there was a lot of a lot of jank with these games, but you learn to appreciate them for the jank, and you learn to appreciate them for, you know, like for what they were doing and just the the way that they inform game design and you know the way that games are thought of later on down the line. So with the you know the history of the ip going all the way back to 1905 to you know 2022 and how this game you know fits into that like into that that timeline of like history and stuff like that i think this is like a a very special game like i very unique in where it sits in in video game history so i i really appreciate you having me on for this man like i i love rambling about games that i love you know what i mean but when it's a when it's a game like Little Nemo, where I have so much nostalgia tied to it, and there's just so much cool information about it and stuff like that, like this is this is the stuff I live for.
0: A oh, 100%, man, 100%. Yeah, no, I, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you were able to do it, and uh, I'm, you know, on top of just finding anybody to do it. I'm really glad you you were able to do it because you know you 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 know what you're doing over here. I genuinely appreciate it and yeah, uh like and I, this is this is the one year anniversary episode so this oh, is uh, snap! I, yeah. I made
1: the anniversary episode holy you crap did. You i feel did. oh man i'm i'm honored just, <laughs> yeah, yeah so I, about
0: about five people will get to hear us talk about this but oh uh, <laughs> yes and I,
1: and I will be one of those five and i will sit well, there and, and I, I i don't know if you're the same way i might have asked you this before but like i have a hard time listening to myself
0: and you I've, have to promise I've, me though Ah.
1: promise me you will not edit out
0: manatee manatee no i will not i will not (laughs) i'll move a couple things around cut out anything that doesn't fit but you know it's i think we've pretty much covered all bases i will uh i'll open the floor to you for the uh for for closing thoughts and or plugs or whatever you want to do um but yeah no once again i just wanted to say man i really really appreciate it this was a big deal for me
1: again i appreciate you having me on i enjoy listening to this show and i i really enjoy coming on and just getting to talk frantically about you know video games and how much we love them you know old or new or just the the culture behind them but it's a it it, it's always a good time listening to your stuff watching your stuff on twitch and and being here and everything so definitely thanks for that as far as uh I don't really have much to plug because I'm not nearly as active on the internet in a creative way as I would like to be these days, but I do occasionally, you know, get on and, and stream on Twitch and babble about video games and just sit there and crack corny jokes and yeah, that's uh that's really what I'm doing. So if you ever wanna come over there and watch someone be uh, insanely mediocre, just look for I flip a underscore the switch.
0: to do it for episode 17. Like I said in the beginning, thank you so much for one year. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that it's been a whole year. It's hard to believe that I stayed fairly consistent this whole time or we stayed fairly consistent this whole time. But um, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens this next year. Going in on year two. Hopefully we do 17 more. Once again, huge shout out to everybody who helped, been a part, listened, came on the show, followed on Twitch, subbed on Twitch. I mean, literally anybody who's, who's helped. I, I really appreciate it. We couldn't do it without you. I'm going to get out of here. I've been editing this thing since like 8 o'clock this morning, and it is 2.38 p.m. I am going to go play some Little Nemo. I've been speedrunning it. Come hang. Much love, everybody. See you all next time. Peace.